Let go of everyday worries and find your calm with positive prayer from Silent Unity, the newest in voice-activated technology, available on any Alexa-enabled device like the Amazon Echo. Each prayer and meditation on positive prayer will help strengthen, guide, and comfort you. To enable it, just say, Alexa, open positive prayer. You can ask for a specific prayer on topics like healing, prosperity, and comfort. Give it a try today. Hi, I'm Elaine Meyer, editor of Daily Word magazine. Always remember that Christmas is more than a date on a calendar. It's a feeling we carry in our hearts all year long. On behalf of the editorial team, blessings to you and yours this holiday season. Welcome to the Yoga Hour, offering insights and practices for spiritually consciously living today. Here's your host, Yogacharya, Ellen Grace O'Brien. Welcome to the Yoga Hour, where we talk about yoga in all its depth and breadth as a path to spiritually conscious, fulfilled living today. I'm Dr. Laurel Trujillo, co-host and producer of the show. Today, our topic is Imagine Enlightenment. I'm so delighted to once again join the Yoga Hour's founder and host, Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien, who is an internationally acclaimed spiritual teacher, author, poet, and the founder and spiritual director of the Center for Spiritual Enlightenment, a Kriya Yoga Meditation Center with headquarters in San Jose, California. We are focusing our current conversations on her new book, The Jewel of Abundance, Finding Prosperity Through the Ancient Wisdom of Yoga, which is now available on Amazon.com or via her website, EllenGraceO'Brien.com, and O'Brien is with an A, B-R-I-A-N.com. Uh, you can find out more about her writings and teachings at that website, ellengraceobryan.com, and uh, teachings at the CSE website, csecenter.org. Good morning and welcome, Yogacharya O'Brien or Umaji. I'm so delighted to join you today here on the show. Thank you, Dr. Trujillo. I, it's great to be back again and to be uh, doing this series with you, looking at prosperous living in in all its ramifications. Indeed. And I did want to mention that you have several retreats in the upcoming months, beginning with the New Year's retreat in January at CSE in San Jose. Uh, In um, April, you'll be at the 1440 in Scotts Valley. The Omega Institute, you'll have a retreat in May and Kripalu, in Massachusetts in August. And those are all listed under events on the ellengraceobryan.com website. Thank you. Thanks for mentioning those. So before we dive into our dialogue about imagining enlightenment, let's take a moment to dive within and practicing what we are about to discuss, a yoga moment. So let's begin right where we are, just becoming aware of our bodies in space, whether you're walking, standing, sitting, just being aware of where the floor or the chair supports your body, and then bringing your attention to your breath, our friend, our ever-present tool 
that helps us to bring our attention into the moment. So just notice as we take a fully conscious breath, as we inhale and exhale. Feeling the cool air entering the nostrils on the inhale and feeling the warm air flowing out. And now using our breath to imagine, with the in-breath we can dive within. And with the out-breath we can relax. And as we dive within, resting in the conscious awareness at the center of our being, Resting in this witness consciousness, this expansive sense of peace. And knowing that that same essence is present as you, as me, as everyone and everything. It's within us, between us and all around us. And just by noticing, bringing our attention within, we can rest in this essence of our being. And as we rest there, we may notice thoughts or feelings as they arise. Realize we can watch them. Watch them as they arise and watch them as they pass away, resting in this essence of our being. Feeling the peace that emanates from this essence of our being. And as we draw this yoga moment to a close, Realizing that, as Yogananda described it, it's a portable piece. We can take it with us into our day and share it with all we meet. Once again, Umaji, I'm I'm so delighted to join you today here on the Yoga Hour and to discuss your new book, The Jewel of Abundance, Finding Prosperity Through the Ancient Wisdom of Yoga. I know you have written several books before, including an award-winning book of poetry last year called The Moon Reminded Me. But this book, having just launched, um, has anything surprised you about the process of getting this book published and out into the world? Yes, (laughs) Yes, <laughs> there have been many surprises about it, and um, that's been really the delightful part of writing a book. You know, this this book is is about you know prosperity from the perspective of how to cooperate with the infinite. You know, coming to rest upon the. Um, inner life, you know, the expansiveness of the inner life and draw upon spiritual resources. And when we do that, there's always um, uh, 
surprises that come from divine grace, you know, ways in which doors open, uh, ways in which new insights come, new inspiration. And so, of course, it's ideal that that writing the book about that, I would actually experience it. So um, (laughs) that you know, I really have seen that. And the interesting thing about cooperating with the infinite and opening to divine grace is that even though you know it's there, you can never actually anticipate how it's going to come and how you will experience it. And so uh, I would say perhaps the most surprising thing um, for me was, you know, I had written uh, a year-long course uh, about prosperity and uh, spiritually conscious living, about the um, Purusharta, the Vedic goal of um, abundance, uh, wealth, and prosperity. And I, that course has 52 lessons in it, and I thought, well, I'll just compile those into a book. And so I thought, oh, that'll be easy. Um, <laughs> but then, you know, I realized that there's a, there's a big difference between a web course, which um, has its own methodology, you know, and a book, you know. So, of course, no one really wants a book that it'll take a year to read, at least not many people. So, um, you know, I... So then I, I, it was like, well, what to do? You know, how do I, how I have a contract now and (laughs) where's this book going to come from if it's not going to come from um, the files of what I thought I already had? So, of course, um, it came from spirit, you know, it came from the inspiration that flowed. And so, you know, my experience was that there's a spirit in this book. Um, I like to think of it as Shakti, the energy of the Divine Mother, you know, um, Saraswati is uh, known as the the goddess of wisdom, of the arts, you know, of writing and music. And so uh, I had many prayers to Saraswati as I was writing. And um, there was a flow that came. And um, so the biggest surprise is the book is very different than how I thought it would be in the beginning. And really, that's the best thing about it. So I think, you know, as we look at that as a lesson for our lives, um, we can say, you know, it's not going to be what you think. (laughs) <laughs> which is really the best thing. You know, there's an aliveness, there's a spirit, um, there's a power, there's a presence, there's a possibility that is so much greater um, than what we're, than, you know, what we're conceptualizing, you know. So, you know, we start there and that's not a bad thing because starting there allowed me to take the first steps. But, you know, I, I took the first steps and then it was like, you know, the whole, um uh, like in a cartoon, you know, the trap door opened and I fell through. <laughs> That's a great image. So there's a, a lovely poem included in your new book on page 189. And I thought that might be a nice way to begin our conversation. So would you read that for us? Sure. And this poem in the book um, really is a um, kind of a compilation, if you will, of the teachings that are in the book. So this is sort of a summary poem um, that just kind of gives us, you know, all the steps that we need um, to prosper. So you you can think of it that way as you hear it. To succeed, 
Optimize your life. Sanctify your days. Make a sanctuary for the soul. Build it with love. Light it with peace. And invite everyone in. Make a sanctuary for the soul. Build it with love. Light it with peace. Invite everyone in. Center yourself in yourself. Nourish your body. Open your mind. Honor your soul. Center yourself in yourself. Nourish your body. Open your mind. Honor your soul. Change your thoughts. Soar beyond them. Beautiful. And that's the summary of the book, really. (laughs) (laughs) So our topic today is Imagine Enlightenment. So let's start our discussion with defining what we mean by that term. So what is enlightenment from the view of yoga as defined in in the yoga tradition? Um, I, I will offer definition and, you know, this topic is so important that I even put the English word enlightenment in the glossary of the book. And um, so it's important to think about it. I mean, it is the goal of life, right? To wake up, to become um, that which we are in potential, which is spiritually enlightened. But it's also kind of a taboo um, topic because, um, well, one, you, you can't really talk about it because it's beyond conceptualization. So that's one reason why people don't talk about it. Um, but in in my uh, tradition of Kriya Yoga, the masters have always talked about it, you know, and they have always encouraged um, devotees to think about you know, what it means to be spiritually enlightened and specifically to be spiritually enlightened in this lifetime and to to not just think that this is an unattainable goal and that it is only um, for, you know, a few uh, special people. So uh, in the glossary of my book, uh, enlightenment is defined as having true knowledge of higher realities and liberation of consciousness from the errors of perception that cause identification with the false self. So having true knowledge of higher realities and uh, along with that, of course, liberation of consciousness from the errors of perception that cause identification with the false self. So this is really moksha. This is the fourth of the Purusharthas, the fourth goal, um, liberation of consciousness. So, um, and, and that is being free of abhidya or that primary error of ignorance that um, is the error of perception, wrong identification, you know, identifying oneself as the body and mind, um, thinking, you know, that that we are this body-mind that has a soul, rather than understanding that we are that soul, we are that essence uh, operating through uh, this temporary vehicle that is the body and the mind. Hmm. 
So you've described this realization, this, you know, this liberation of consciousness, this realization of the underlying, you know, oneness of, of all that is as our greatest prosperity. So how is this our greatest prosperity? Well, in this um, enlightenment or the first stage, you know, we'd say is, you know, self-realization, capital S, um, And I want to say that, you know, really just a a little bit of practice initially on the yoga path, we we can wake up to the truth of what we are. Now, that does not mean that we experience at that juncture, you know, full enlightenment, but we can know the truth uh, of who we are. And um, at that juncture, we know the truth, but because of... uh, not being fully illumined um, you know, not having the mind fully clarified or having had the grace-filled experience of Nirvakalpa Samadhi, you know, the highest Samadhi, we, you know, still fall into forgetfulness. And, you know, so we re-identify with conditions, with the mind, with our thoughts. Um, but it, it, it is not... It doesn't take long to realize um, the truth of our being as uh, as spiritual beings operating through the mind and body, and that this self that we realize is the self of all, and that self, you know, called the Atman, is identical with Brahman, the the um, the ultimate uh, reality. And so the reason um, this is our greatest prosperity is that we we get out of um, being stuck in um, that uh, identification with uh, ego, with mind and body, which is by its very definition limited. Um, and it, it when we are coming from that perspective, and ego is really just a construct of the mind, when we come from that perspective, we're always coming from the perspective of limitation. There is no way around um, being identified with the ego and uh, knowing our our fullness. So that needs to be surrendered in order to, you know, in a sense, fully prosper. So I know um, one of the things that I've, I've heard you say many times and you say in the book is that there's a natural yearning within each one of us to realize this truth of our being. So where does this impulse come from? It, well, it's it's innate um, because it's the truth of our being, um, that which we are, the divine self. Um, it's it's always there, and in a sense, that the impulses of divine grace are always rising within us. You know, to um, experience directly the the truth of our being. It, it, it's like. Um, you know, like wandering, you know, through the world, um, you know, the, the sages have said it's like a state of, you know, sleepwalking, mm-hmm. but 
you know, at the core of our being, we're already awake. And, and so we have a soul memory, a soul knowledge of being awake. We have knowledge of the reality of our being, of our infinite divine potential. And so, you know, sleepwalking through the world, we, we naturally feel sorrow um, of that sense of limitation because we know uh, already at the core of our being our, our innate wholeness. So we yearn for it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, because that's the reality. That's the truth. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because we, because we already, because we already know it. Um, and you know, I think of the saying of Jesus that's so beautiful with regard to enlightenment, with regard to spiritual awakening. You know, you will, you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and it's, it's you know, you will know it, <laughs> and. Um, and it's knowing it that sets you free. Um, it's not knowing about it, but actually realizing it, you know, mm-hmm. waking up to it. Mm-hmm. You include a, a quote from your teacher, Roy Eugene Davis, on page 32, and I'll read that. So, imagine being spiritually enlightened. Don't allow yourself to be confined by mundane circumstances, subjective mental and emotional conditions, or mental processes. Imagine that you are always established in conscious awareness of your pure essence, which is a unit of the pure essence of ultimate reality. So that gets us to the topic of today, imagining enlightenment. And so why is it important? Why is it so important for us to imagine enlightenment? So first, I should clarify, and I and I do say in the book, and and of course, um, my teacher says that as well. That imagining being enlightened is is not likely to um, make us uh, enlightened, you know, fully fully <laughs> awake. Um, and of course, there are some people who imagine that they are, and they're and they're not. So. Um, it, it's not about that, you know. When we um, study yoga. Uh, we discover a fundamental teaching that 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 our attention and our awareness basically flows in two um, primary directions. You know, one, uh, our attention and awareness can flow to our essence of being, um, to our to that unit of the pure essence of ultimate reality, which we are. So we can, we can become aware of that, which we are, you know, when that, that's the basic skill of meditation, when the mind becomes quiet and our attention and awareness uh, consciously rests in that pure, still unbounded essence, then we are aware of that. We're aware of that, which we are. We're aware of being aware. And so that's one direction. Then the other direction is for attention and awareness to flow into thoughts and emotions and circumstances and not just be aware of it, but then actually become identified with that, you know, to Mm -hmm. think, you know, I am, you know, angry. I am happy. I am uh, lost, you know, whatever the I am is attached to, uh, with regard to our attention and awareness flowing in that direction. So, imagining enlightenment in a sense is training the mind, uh, training the mind uh, to uh, have our attention and awareness flow into a more expansive. Um, 
state of being. So it's it, it, it helps us become aware that we don't have to be identified um, with limiting uh, thoughts, emotions, or conditions. So it's it's a it's an experience, um, an exercise to train our ability to turn our attention at will. Mm. That's that's a great uh, description. It's a it seems to me that it's a way of remembering. Beginning yeah. to remember, at least. Yeah, absolutely. It's kind of the same thing mm-hmm. as as remembering. Mm-hmm. So in the book, you state the most formidable obstacle we face on the path of enlightenment is the belief that it's not possible for us. So let's talk a little bit more about that. So how does that obstacle arise? And actually, I should mention we only got about two minutes before the break. So. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Well, that that obstacle is identified in yoga as the primary obstacle that I mentioned a little bit earlier, which is avidya. Um, it is ignorance of the true self and becoming identified with the mind and and the body. So. It, it, it is about becoming so involved, you know, with the world, with the mental and physical layers of being that we are forgetful of our essential self. And given that, then we feel that that's what we are. And so enlightenment becomes, you know, some kind of distant goal because you actually cannot get there. <laughs> you know, you say you cannot get there from here. Um, it's a change in consciousness. It's a, it's a, it's a shift in um, our awareness of, of what we are. Mm-hmm. There's also this sense that I've heard expressed where people will say, oh, well, that's only for saints. You know, that's only for, you know, people who aren't me, basically. Yeah, Paramahansa Yogananda, uh, you know, reminded devotees that the, you know, he is a great uh, soul. He was an enlightened uh, being, and yet he reminded his students, devotees, that the same self um, was uh, in them as in him. But the difference being that he... um, made the effort necessary you know it takes discipline to train the mind it takes discipline you know to live a life that's focused on enlightenment that's focused on being awake it takes discipline Mm -hmm. and with that we've come to the break you're listening to the yoga hour with host and founder of the show yogacharya o'brien and today we're discussing the teachings in her new book the jewel of abundance finding prosperity through the ancient wisdom of yoga which is available on Amazon.com or from her author website, ellengraceobrien.com. We welcome your comments and questions. You can contact us at yogahour at unity.fm. I'm Dr. Laurel Trujillo, co-host of the show. When we come back from the break, we'll explore more about imagining enlightenment. We'll be right back. Greetings, friends. I'm Jim Blake, CEO of Unity World Headquarters. From all of us at Unity Village, we wish you a joyous and blessed holiday season. 
May this time of year for you be filled with magic, miracles, and unending peace. Namaste. Unity Online Radio is bringing the message of unity to thousands of spiritual seekers around the world. If you enjoy our programming, we invite you to support it by visiting unityonlineradio.org and clicking on Donate Now. Help us continue to provide inspiring content to everyone. Thank you for your support. Here's a Unity Teachable Moment with Rev. Ogan Holder, speaking at Unity on the River in Amesbury, Massachusetts, on living an abundant life. Examine your life, whatever you may think is missing or lacking or you wish you had. Realize that you are bearing false witness against your true self and speak words of abundance to it. Speak words of truth to it and to yourself and repeat them over and over again until you've brainwashed yourself into believing that you are divine. The moment you begin to think and speak as if truly you are the embodiment of all that is. This is the only thing we got to get into our thick skulls. Living the abundant life is not about what we have. Living the abundant life is realizing that we have it all. To find a Unity Church near you, visit unity.org. If you're looking to deepen your spiritual journey, Unity Magazine is your go-to source for information and inspiration. It's been beautifully redesigned and packed with interesting articles and compelling interviews from today's spiritual thought leaders. You'll find science, spirituality, and healing with a look at Eastern philosophies, meditation, as well as completely new ways to interpret the Bible. Plus, reviews on the latest spiritual books and music. Get a free trial issue at unitymagazine.org. Would you like to show your support for Unity Online Radio? You can donate easily on your phone by texting the word VOICE to 50555 and donate $10 to support Unity Online Radio. It's easy to do, and your offering will help us keep inspirational and positive programming on the air. Remember, just text the word VOICE to 50555 and support your favorite shows on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Expand your mind and open yourself up to new ideas with Janet Connor and the Soul Directed Life every Thursday at 1 p.m. Central here on UnityOnlineRadio.org. Janet talks with some of the leading voices in the world of mind, body, and spirit. Each week, you'll hear fascinating stories, practical information, and ideas to inspire you to follow your soul's calling. Janet is right there with you on the journey. Listen live or on demand here on UnityOnlineRadio.org. Call now with your question or comment. 816-251-3555. That's 816-251-3555. You're listening to The Yoga Hour, living the eternal way with your host, Yogacharya, Ellen Grace O'Brien. Welcome back to The Yoga Hour. I'm Dr. Laurel Trujillo, co-host of the show, and I'm here today with Yoga Hour founder and director, Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien, discussing her new book, The Jewel of Abundance. So, Omaji, there's a lovely quote in your book about imagining enlightenment, and I thought I would read. So here it is. Beyond contemplating and imagining, allow the felt sense of enlightened living 
to emerge from within you. Feel it in your body. Remember that as an individualized expression of spirit, you are already enlightened at the core of your being. Quote, becoming enlightened, unquote, is a matter of removing obstacles to the full expression of your true self and allowing your innate radiance to emerge. Let the feeling of being enlightened remain in your heart and in the background of your awareness. Let it be a reference point for conscious living. So one of the things I loved about this quote is the reminder that we are already enlightened at the core of our being. So could you say more about that, our enlightenment at the core of our being, which is already present, and, and about our innate radiance? Well, that, in radiant, that innate radiance is, is the radiance of um, the divine, Brahman, the absolute reality that is... Um, the life of our life it's the breath of our breath it's the it's the life of everything so in the vedic teachings um and there is uh, an explanation that there is one absolute reality and this reality is both um, transcendental beyond uh, the material world and it is also has an expressive aspect that that is that moves into creation and is the life of everything so this innate radiance is is simply that with a capital T <laughs> that mm. you know which we are that which everything is you know life um, as it has been said is a play of consciousness you know things continually move and and change on the screen of time and space but uh, what what makes that that show available to us <laughs> is the light that's that's shining on the screen that the light of a supreme consciousness and that is uh, what what we are so becoming aware of that um, helps us move through life you know more gracefully because sometimes you know life feels pretty tumultuous there's you know changes can be difficult they can be painful they can be scary um, but they're more difficult they're more painful they're more scary if if we identify with them but if we uh have the skill of remaining anchored in our essence of being, then, you know, we still keep our heart open. We still feel, um, but we, we are, we are saved from um, being identified with those changing conditions. Mm -hmm. Which brings to mind, to my mind, the quote, I think it's from the Baba. Bhagavad Gita, which is um, even a little bit of this practice, removes great fear. Mm -hmm. right? Yeah, and that great fear, the greatest fear is death, of course, mm -hmm. which which comes from, you know, identifying with the mind and the body. But, you know, that is, of course, instinctual. <laughs> and, and, and in a sense, we need that, you know, it's a self-protective mechanism. But um, spiritually, we, we can also begin to see through even, even that, and then ultimately um, release it. This is, 
There's a whole purpose of, you know, what on the yoga path is called sadhana, which, you know, defined as spiritual practice. But I love that um, literally it means to go straight to the goal. So sadhana is about living uh, from that truth of our being, you know, arranging conditions so that our, our, our life, what we do, what we think, what we say is consistent with the truth of our being. So sometimes people think of, you know, spiritual practice as, uh, you know, a, a way to get to the goal. Um, but we, we really can when we think of going straight to the goal, it, it really means living in accordance with the truth of your being. So we don't meditate to become enlightened. We, we meditate because that's what enlightened people do. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> that's great. That's great. So one of the many things I love about your book is you have so many practical suggestions, you know, for people in, in every chapter. So um, in addition to using the tools of contemplation and imagination in the this chapter on imagining enlightenment, you also encourage us to consciously occupy our subtle body. So what is the subtle body and how does it differ from the physical body? Well, the subtle body is like the blueprint, you know, for the physical body. It's called the astral body. It's an energetic body. Um, you know, if we think about everything in nature, everything in the manifest world, you know, has a blueprint. You know, you, you don't have a house um, without a plan for it, without without it existing in the more subtle um arena first of you know imagination and thought and then it's a drawing on a paper and then it's a house and so even with the physical body um you know it 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 arises out of the subtle cosmic idea you know that it is so the astral body the uh, energetic body and and that's where um, you know, people are familiar with the chakras, the um, centers of vital energy. Um, they're in the astral body, mm-hmm. um, which mirrors the physical body, but it is subtle instead of material. Mm-hmm. And and interpenetrates the physical body. Right? Absolutely, yes. Mm-hmm. It's not separate from the physical body. It's it's. Um, it, it's simply uh, its more subtle counterpart. Mm-hmm. And you, you can um, one way to think about the astral body is that you you are in the astral body when you dream. You know, um, dreams are associated with the astral body and that uh, state of consciousness. Um, so, you know, I was thinking last night I had a dream and, you know, I was, I was in a house, um, with, uh, with a, uh, a spiritual teacher, a, a yogi, a sage, you know, having a conversation with him and, you know, it was a beautiful dream, <laughs> um, but, you know, I wasn't there of course in my physical body, but this morning I remembered the dream quite clearly and, and the teacher was embodied, I was embodied, but what was that body, you know, is, is, is a sense of, you know, what the, what the astral body is is like mm-hmm. so one of the things that you advise is to lift our awareness to the higher chakras so what are the higher chakras and why is it important to lift our awareness to them 
Well, the higher chakras are associated with higher states of consciousness. So um, they're they're not better than the lower chakras. You know, all the chakras have a function. So we can think of the base chakra having to do with, you know, stability in the world and security, um, you know, which is necessary that, that we have that. The higher centers, the heart, in particular the heart and the throat, the third eye and the crown are all associated with um, higher states of consciousness. So um, it's simply a, a, a practice for moving attention and awareness um, into those higher states of awareness. Mm-hmm. So how do we do that? How do we consciously occupy these higher chakras, the heart, the throat, the third eye, and the crown? Well, meditation practice is a good beginning, you know, and when we when we meditate, we can consciously move our attention, you know, from, from the base um, to the second chakra, to the third, to the fourth, and so on, you know, and, it, and if you're new to that, um, there's a diagram in the book for the correlation with the physical body, you know, kind of where to, to look, but... Um, the main thing is to feel, um, and so after meditation is a good time for that exercise or, or even as a prelude to meditation, just depending on what works for you. But, you know, starting with the base and, you know, feeling energy there um, and just intend, you know, you, you work with the mind through intention. So you bring your attention to the base chakra, you, you imagine or feel energy there, um, and then you move up a few inches to the second chakra, you imagine or feel energy there, and so on to the third and the fourth. So you become familiar with this uh, correlations of um, energy centers uh, in the subtle body that correlate with locations in the physical body. Um, but the main thing is that it's prana, it's life force, shakti or energy that moves through these channels. So you can become tuned into prana or energy. And the path of Kriya Yoga, of course, is very helpful in that regard because there's a very dynamic form of pranayam that is taught, you know, that, that we learn how to move energy um, through the shushumna, the central channel um, of the astral uh, body vehicle. And we become familiar, you know, with the chakra centers and, and the felt sense of um, prana. Um, but even without that, of course, you can become aware as you sensitize yourself to tune into um, prana. And it's a, it's a great way really to enliven your meditation, just noticing, um, because um, what, what will happen is that, that energy will move by itself you know, through the activity of divine grace and you'll feel these centers open. So it might be the heart center, could be the throat, could be the third eye, or even sometimes the crown, you know, so people feel, you know, maybe they feel a little pressure there, you know, like an awareness, it's an awareness of that center, or it feels um, tingling, 
or just like it's open, you know, your awareness is there and it, your awareness keeps expanding as you focus on that point. So mm-hmm. we do that during meditation and then you can make the intention at the end of meditation to simply allow your uh, awareness to move to that center um, during your day, you know, eyes open doing what you're doing. So, you know, even as you're listening to my voice now, you, you can become aware of your energy, your life force uh, at the third eye or the crown chakra. And, you know, just feel it there or imagine it there. And it, it um, helps to expand awareness um, beyond um, becoming constrained uh, uh, in, in, into that um, body-mind consciousness. Mm, that's, um, that's really a, a lovely way to as you said, expand our awareness and uh, begin to feel those little sensations that um, if you're not noticing them, they can pass by very quickly. But uh, just being aware of like, as you said, a tingling or, you know, a little bit of a a rustle (laughs) in your awareness, um, feeling the energy flows. And sometimes people don't have any feeling um, but there is a shift in consciousness um, that occurs when you intentionally um, direct your attention to one of the higher centers so you know as I mentioned as, as you're listening to me if you're not driving a car or operating heavy machinery <laughs> then you know just just bringing your attention to the third eye or the crown um, you'll notice as you anchor your attention there that you simply be, you begin to feel more expansive. You know, it's unavoidable. So it's a wonderful exercise. So you might not have a physical feeling that accompanies it, but you're shifting your consciousness by um, bringing your attention to those energy centers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So up until now, we've really been focusing on imagining enlightenment for ourselves. And in in addition to this, um, you really go into the book about um, encouraging us to imagine enlightenment for all and for our awakening world. Mm. So why is it important to extend our positive creative imagination to include everyone and the world? Well, again, it's really an exercise in, in getting out of being stuck in the ego self. So, you know, when we're really, we really want to be on a prosperity path, our path needs to be an expansive path that, you know, we, we're signing up to be instruments um, to benefit the well-being of all to the best of our ability. So it, it's a, it's a trend. I talk about prosperity being a pr- path of transformation, a spiritual path of transformation, because it's about becoming uh instruments of uh, the divine self expanding beyond the narrow constraints of, you know, what I want, what will improve my life. Um, so we, we give that up uh, in a sense as a focus. We, we go with what has heart and meaning for us, what, um, what brings um, <clears throat> joy to the soul and, uh, is 
dedicated to the well-being of all. And then, you know, we find that um, just as I mentioned in the beginning of the program that, you know, what life always has more to offer us than anything we could have imagined in our small way, you know, for our little uh, ego-based self. Mm -hmm. So you you write in the book, and I'm going to just read a little quote here. We live in an awakening world, in a time of individual and global awakening to the great truth that life is one, and that one life is God. As life is God in expression, it is whole, complete, abundant, and lacks nothing. Awakening to this wholeness brings the experience of radical prosperity or sufficiency, and with it, a new way of living. There is enough for all in God's economy. It is time for us to shed the idea that one person's good is another's loss and to rise to the truth that all can and must prosper. It's time to free ourselves and our world, our children and grandchildren from the specter of scarcity. So that that idea of scarcity, obviously, can really take hold of us. So if there is no lack in God, um, why do we see it in the world? Well, scarcity, um, one, uh, one, oh, one is the operating system that we have in our world right now, which is an unawakened consciousness, which is an ego-based system that, you know, pits one country against another, one person against another, this idea that there's not enough to go around. Um, and that's simply not the truth. We, we know it's not the truth um, um, scientifically. It's not the truth uh, morally or spiritually. <clears throat> but it is the current operating system, and mm-hmm. we can see that. And um, so that's really my higher purpose for this book. And of course it is the higher purpose of the teaching, you know, to get out of that old operating system and begin to make a difference. So uh, I'd like to continue on with that section you were reading from. Many times students have asked me, if there's no lack in God, why do we see it in our world? We see it because we have collectively believed in it. We have structured our lives and our world by that belief. The lack that we perceive in our world is not a problem with the source. It's a spiritual development problem. Humanity is right now like a toddler with a power tool or a computer. The power is there, the potential is there, but we don't yet fully understand it and know how to put it to good use. We are right now awakening to our potential to create a prospering world that works for everyone, evolving from an egocentric model of life to a spiritually based one. As long as we remain in the egocentric system, you know, that operating system I was 
referring to, and are unaware of wholeness, there will be lack, fear, and scarcity arising from the collective consciousness. That unawakened consciousness cannot see that we are connected to one another, to the earth and nature, and to God. Humanity has lived for centuries with the consciousness of scarcity. The limited thinking that has fomented fear, greed, sexism, racism, xenophobia, militarism, war, and injustice of every kind. It's time for this to change, and we are ready. There's no turning back the tide of spiritual evolution. To cooperate with this transformation, this evolutionary jump for humanity, we must not allow ourselves to get sidetracked, fooled, Mm. set up, or put down by fear-based messages, no matter where they come from. The worst ones are those in our own minds and those we can readily change. Absolutely. So in the last couple of minutes, uh, one of the things that you encourage us to do when we do get caught in this or, you know, begin to get caught in this idea or uh, scarcity or uh, when there's fear, uh, you encourage us to go to the mountaintop. Mm. I love that image of going to the mountaintop. So how, how is it that we go to the mountaintop? Well, we, we all have different ways, I think, of going to the mountaintop. But, but it's, it's really a, a metaphor for prayer, for actively intending to shift our consciousness. And um, so for some, you know, they may go to the mountaintop by, by taking a walk, but not just a physical walk, you know, a walk where we intend to... Um, shift our attention and awareness out of being problem-centered, you know, to being open to awareness of that divine reality that surrounds us and indwells us, you know. Others may listen to music, others may uh, meditate, but the key is a a prayerful intention um, to shift our consciousness. And, you know, with regard to prayer, um, the important thing you know, is to what the preachers would say, pray all the way through. In mm. in other words, you know, don't don't stop short of the miracle or don't stop short of the mountaintop. In in other words, sit or walk or sing or dance until your consciousness has shifted, you know, from lack to abundance. And so for me, that's the experience of going to the mountaintop um, is you know, doing whatever works, you know, for you to shift your consciousness. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And of course, there's all kinds of, of tools and uh, meditation, um, you know, many, many different ways uh, to get to that mountaintop. So with that, we've pretty much come to the end of our time together. It always goes so quickly and it's been a delight to uh, talk with you about just the richness that's in your new book. You've been listening to The Yoga Hour. It's been my pleasure to share this time with you. I'm Dr. Laurel Trujillo, co-host of the show, and we've been discussing Imagine Enlightenment with The Yoga Hour's founder and host, Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien. She's an internationally acclaimed spiritual teacher, author, poet, and the founder and spiritual director of the Center for Spiritual Enlightenment. Yogacharya's new book, The Jewel of Abundance, Finding Prosperity Through the Ancient Wisdom of Yoga, was just released and is available on Amazon.com and from her author website, ellengraceobrien.com. 
can find out more about her writings on that ellengraceobrien.com site and about her teaching schedule at the CSE website. And let me just take another minute and go over these upcoming retreats with you, Yogacharya. I know there's going to be a New Year's retreat in January at the Center for Spiritual Enlightenment in San Jose. There will be a retreat in April in Scotts Valley, California at the 1440. And in May, Yogacharya will be at the Omega Institute. I believe that's in New York. And then uh, Kripalu, which is in Western Massachusetts, um, there will be a retreat in August. And all those are listed under events on the ellengraceobrien.com website. And thank you so much for mentioning those because a retreat is is really an opportunity to have, you know, an immersive experience. And so it's incredibly valuable. I think we should all give ourselves that at least once a year. That's right. So I look forward to continue our conversations about prosperity in the new year with our next one coming up in January. For our listeners, join me next week for Yoga and Transformation, when my guest will be Anastasia Shevchenko, yoga teacher and organizer of the upcoming Berlin Yoga Conference in Germany, which is scheduled for May of 2019. The Yoga Hour is a service project of the Center for Spiritual Enlightenment Meditation Center in the Kriya Yoga tradition that welcomes people from all backgrounds who are seeking self and God realization, a path to spiritually conscious, fulfilled living in today's world. Remember to subscribe to the Yoga Hour podcast at iTunes or Stitcher. Thank you to the Yoga Hour team, regular host, founder, director, and and our uh, who we've been talking to today, Yogacharya O'Brien, assistant producers, Anne Hayes and Sean Smith, CSE's global media outreach manager, Holly Gray, and Jeff Comfort and Louis Pagan in the sound booth at unity.fm. I look forward to being with you again. Until then, remember, you carry your own healing and wholeness within you. Share your peace and joy with all you meet. Bye now. Thank you for listening. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Let go of everyday worries and find your calm with positive prayer from Silent Unity, the newest in voice-activated technology, available on any Alexa-enabled device like the Amazon Echo. Each prayer and meditation on positive prayer will help strengthen, guide, and comfort you. To enable it, just say, Alexa, open positive prayer. You can ask for a specific prayer on topics like healing, prosperity, and comfort. Give it a try today.